G'day listeners, welcome to Ep 7 of uh, Full Metal Movie Reviews, I'm your host Sam. We got a we got an action-packed episode guys, strap yourselves in, this is going to be our first ever rant episode where we just rage against the movie that sucks all the butts, uh, Baby Driver. But uh, hopefully we'll uh, get to, to dissect and uh, really provide some sort of insight and not just rant on about how how poor we thought this film was and uh following that we'll also have a bit of a um, bit of general chat uh, about the passing of the uh, late great george romero with me live from melbourne is age how you going age hey sambo thanks for having me mate uh, pleasure as always how you been bud yeah uh, pretty good i'm still watching those movies <laughs> <laughs> well thank christ you are because dave and rob the two slack fucks have just dropped off the face of the earth the past couple of weeks. They cannot be bothered. Well, some sort of power crisis in Malaysia. There's that and the fact that they yeah, they're just, just refuse to waste any of their energy or time. Yeah. But we're dedicated. We're here. Um, we can do this. <laughs> we can do it. All right. Uh, this is going to be, have a lot of swearing, I reckon. So if uh, if you've got sensitive ears, perhaps this isn't the app to listen to the car or work. So just be mindful of that. Um, all right, let's talk about it. On a scale of one to ten, how much did you hate this movie? It's a high. It's probably seven and a half <laughs> to eight at least. Um, very cringeworthy in a lot of different oh, parts. Oh my god! Um, there will be spoilers in this, listeners. By the way, um, from both of us and. Yeah, look, I mean, we're not spoiling anything, to be honest with you. It's, I wouldn't bother even watching it. <laughs> oh, it's already spoiled. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I, I just don't get how a movie that literally sucks all the butts can be so heavily critically acclaimed, but um, so devoid of originality and, I guess, original... Or It, it doesn't bring anything new to the genre. So Baby Driver, in essence, is... A musical, right? And um, it's a very basic story of a kid who gets involved early with a gangster. The gangster won't let him go, and um, blah blah meets a girl and then tries to escape the gangster, which he does have multiple occasions to do so. And mm. bloody blah blah blah. The gangster's Kevin Spacey, right? We're referring yeah, to Kevin Spacey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doc, I think it was his character's name. I don't give a fuck what his name is because who gives a shit? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. This is actually the first movie where I I have a bad tendency just to like lose my shit and rant and there's, it doesn't make any sense. And what I say becomes nonsensical and con- like just contradict, constantly contradict myself. So I, I actually took the time out of my day to, to write a list of why – of all the things I hate with this fucking movie. <laughs> it's almost a compliment to the movie yeah, exactly. that, you've, that you've dedicated this much time. Exactly. Like, I, uh, it's, it's unbelievable how much I, how, how little I care for something. Like, like it's just, I found this movie so frustrating and I can't be the only one and it doesn't make any sense why this, everyone loves this movie. Anyway, here's my list. All right. Let's start it off. So, um... As I said, the basic premise is a heist movie with a soundtrack on top, right? The kid's got, um, Baby Driver's got, I don't know, damaged eardrums, so he needs to listen to music to drown out the white noise of his eardrums constantly ringing. 
Um, which, okay, okay, fair enough. Um, so then uh, Edgar Wright uses that to provide, uh, I guess, insight to his perspective. So he overlays the music in scenes and then mixes it with real sounds of the real world. So you kind of get a, a feeling of how Baby is going around in the world. But first up, I'm going to say Baby's a fucking retarded name for a main character and yeah. it does nothing to, for that guy's image. I'm sorry. It's, it's trying to be cool and hip, but fucking hate that name for a main character. Agreed. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so here's the list. Okay, first things first. It's a very extremely uninspired script. Um, it pretty much steals... Uh, maybe stealing is a bit harsh. I don't know. It borrows heavily from Tarantino. Um, to, but to the extent where it's like the dialogue is just a subpar Tarantino. Now... Mm. That's my first bullet point. What do you reckon of that? No, I agree. That's um, yeah, it's spot on because no one's going to match Tarantino's you know, dialogue. Like his, his writing is unbelievable. He's up there with um, Alan Sorkin. Mm. Alan Sorkin's the uh, is it West Wing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know they, they just do the best scenes through dialogue, like back and forth chatter. Just mm. no one's going to get anywhere close to that. And oh, this yeah, is it's, it's lacking severely in the movie, but it, the violence is almost comical as well. <laughs> It's like you can't match, they can't match the writing or the violence of Tarantino, but they're trying to go for something. Something in between, that's really weird. That that movie, it's sort of, it had a lot of references. His main um, tool was the iPod, right? And this movie is like when the iPod first came out. It's just a rehash of things that have been done before. They've just made it all shiny and new, tried to be cool, and they pulled it off somehow. But there are still going to be critics. Can okay. I can I ask you a legitimate question? Mm. So in the movie, right? So he pulls off a heist, um, and he's listening to his iPod, and he gets some bad guys. Right, this is right at the beginning. He 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 manages to drive some bad guys away from a crime scene. He's chased by cops. There's helicopters, but he still gets away because he's the best driver. Mm. And then fucking Shane from uh, Walking Dead. I can't remember his name. The Punisher, right? Yeah, yeah. For five minutes, busts his balls about him listening to an iPod and wearing sunglasses. Why the fuck would you care so much if he's the best driver? He literally yeah, got you out of a crim- like he got you out of the frying pan and you're yeah. busting his balls because he he doesn't pay attention. Like shut the fuck up. Like that 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 would just infuriated me because it was just a non-point that went on forever. Yeah. Criminals are like um, very superstitious, right? So this mm. kid had he- had earbuds in his ears, and he's wearing sunglasses. I'm pretty sure the criminals will be like, don't fuck with him. Let mm. him do what he does because he's the best and he just like he helped us escape. Yeah. Not proceed to bust his balls every time. And then Jamie Foxx, after that, does the same thing. Yeah, Who gives yeah. a fuck if he yeah, wears, he wears sunglasses? Who gives a fuck? Yeah. You yeah. were Jamie Foxx in this movie, right? He's called, um, what's his name? Fucking Bats. Bats? Bats. Yeah. yeah, great, great name. Another great name. Yeah. Bats, right? You, you wear you wear stupid red jackets. Why the fuck do you wear stupid red jackets when you're a criminal? Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. mean? It's very inconspicuous. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Shut oh, up, no. everybody in this movie. Just shut up. Yeah, it's just it's trying way too hard. Oh, the movie dude. tried way too hard, dude. and I don't know, no one else is picking up on that. I don't know why. Oh, I got a theory about that, but I want to get. I've actually got a theory, but we'll get to why everyone's sucking this. Fucking movie off so hard. All right, so that's the first thing. Dialogue it blows. All right, every the, the, every criminal has a code name, which is pretty much um, pilfered from uh, Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs, 
which yeah. he he pilfered off of um, the taking of Pelham one two three. But the, the code names are pretty. Um, I guess when you actually heard the names of the of the bad guys, so one guy's called Bats. What's John Ham's character? Griff. Uh, well, he calls him Wall Street. I don't know oh, if that's his real name, but I mean Jamie Fox. Jamie Fox's character was calling him Wall Street. Yeah, I I just couldn't stand any of these names. Was, like, his uh, his partners was uh, Darling. Oh God. Yeah, I know. God. All right. So there's that. Yeah. Um. There's heaps of references to Pulp Fiction. So there's um a really tense diner scene where Bats is uh, using his super proud brain to work out that. Baby is in a relationship with a waitress there. Um, again, it just didn't have to be in the movie. Like, by coincidence, he's driving by the same diner and Bats is like, let's just stop there to eat. Um, and then there's also a car crushing um, scene where they crush a car with a body in it, similar to Pulp Fiction and The Wolf. And I'm pretty sure that's the same. It will look fucking similar. No, it wouldn't be the same because that one's in Atlanta. The other one's in LA. But that looked pretty pretty similar. Um, yeah. What else? Uh, oh, yeah. So there's references to, to um, prison, uh, prison Break, Point Break. So you know how the Point Break, the dead presidents wear those presidents' masks? The bank yeah. robbers, they wear, like, masks as well, similar to – not presidents' masks, but they're – Austin Powers. Yeah, Mike Myers' masks and, they, yeah. you know, masks that are of human faces. So there's that. Yeah. Um, John, you know, it's had John Hamm, whatever the fuck his name is in this movie. Buddy. His Buddy. Buddy. There you go. Buddy. He turns into the Terminator in the end. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, literally, he does not die. Yeah. Um, and there's a, the, the ending of this movie, uh, well, fuck, one of the endings of this movie, because it goes on for fucking forever. Um, they're, in the, they're in the car park, and um, Baby and Deborah, the waitress, are running around trying to hide from John Hamm, who's cruising around in a squad car. And in the squad car, he's kind of got, like, searchlights going on. That is a direct... Um, take or direct steal from Terminator 1 when Arnold Schwarzenegger did the same thing to Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor. Mm-hmm. There's also a direct screen, like literally screen uh, from Terminator 2. You know at the end of Terminator 2 where they're um, riding on the road and they see the tarmac and the and the lines on the road? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's that in this movie. So they take from they take they, they take from Terminator. Yeah, I've thought this out, dude. I've literally Man, thought this cool. out. Yeah, this is incredible. <laughs> Um, what it's, else? I got a whole bunch of things. Hold on. Uh, well, um, oh yeah, okay. So, um, all right. You know what? Maybe we'll leave it there. So, I, I, I don't want to bore everyone's li- li- you reacting to my right. list. Fine. All right. No, okay. Look, just explaining the references. That's fine. <laughs> like they may have done that on purpose. I don't know. Um, but again. It's it's annoying. Well, Tar- so Tarantino got thanked in the credits, which I didn't notice because as soon as this movie ended, I got the fuck out of there. Um, yeah. it, but he got thanked in the credits because apparently he helped Edgar write this. Um, yeah. And I would have thought, though, that Tarantino, like, he would have an ego because he knows he's pretty much the shit when it comes to um, sort of heist movies. So he makes he made three of the well, two of the best heist movies in Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs, right? Mm. Um, so... He probably wouldn't mind that Edgar Wright is just literally writing an homage or like a ripoff to he, to those or to his movies. Do you think? Yeah, good point. Yeah, that's. I, I think Tarantino would be into that. Yeah, yeah, he'd be feeding straight off that. Because this literally, this thing's fucking sucks. And and and, yeah. and and 
the theory that I had that you mentioned before is what why do people love this so much? I, you know what it is, I reckon, age? Mm. Because most people aren't losers like us in the sense that <laughs> they don't retain useless information of movies they've seen a thousand times over yeah, in the past. Yeah. <laughs> so when they when you see when they see things like this, they think, Oh yeah, it's original, it's cool, it's it's like a you know, it's you know, it's uh, hip. It's happening, but they they don't they don't necessarily they can't relate to the influences or what the the better material is or the better original material. I don't know. I think it's tapping into. This seems to be a trend. Like I haven't seen La La Land, but it mm. felt like I was watching something like it. Oh, this is a clean with that, musical. With the romantic arc they were going for with him and the and Deborah from the diner. It, it came off a little bit like that, like it was this corny sort of weird, awkward romance. It's a rom- it's a, it's a, so the romance story is definitely set in the eighties. So it's a yeah. The waitress Deborah, she has no personality. She's a girl from the south in the big city trying to make it big. Um, she's a waitress. She's meant to be a singer. She meets baby once in a diner. They kind of hit it off. He puts the Mac on her. And then it's like, oh, okay, baby, I'll follow you anywhere. And it's literally that's it. You don't really yeah. know much about a backstory. <laughs> And then yeah. I'll murder you after like a couple of weeks of knowing. I'll I'll murder for you after yeah. a couple of weeks of knowing. <laughs> yeah. You. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and that's the, oh, the other thing I was going to talk about. You know when they go, they have those flashbacks, all those dream visions, and they're in black and white, and then and it's like yeah. the 50s. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I haven't seen Natural Born Killers, but they got so, that's like a different take on that. They used to do that in the movie as well, Natural Born Killers. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So there's that, which is a Tarantino script as well. It's just annoying. <laughs> um, annoying. So I fucking I say so to your point, this movie is a definite musical, and for mm-hmm. the first twenty minutes, strap yourselves in because you're going to see a lot of awkward white guy dancing. Oh god, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Oh, a lot of oh, it. this kid. Like, I'm sure he's probably going to go pretty far based on this movie. Now, he's going to be showing up in a lot more movies in the you next reckon? few years. Oh, I can. Yeah. He looks like a baby. He's got a dumpy face, like a baby. Yeah, he does. He's got a face you want to punch. Oh. That's, <laughs> that's a definite on that. Like, right. when he smiles, it's like, oh, man, I just want to choke you out right now. Yeah, yeah. It's so bad. Like, seriously, he's just got a really punchable face. Oh. Um, and he is devoid of all charisma. Like, Yeah, it's, it's like a blank canvas. Like, he'll, he'll do a smile, but it just comes off cheesy. He, he can't... I wouldn't say I wouldn't go too far as to say the dude can't act, but far out. He literally yeah. awkward white man dancing, tick. <laughs> no charisma, tick. Yeah. How would you ever talk to chicks with any confidence? Question mark. Um, he does some real spastic and weird shit in this movie. So he records people's voices and conversations he has with people to then make a weird mixtape of their sounds with weird beats and stuff. Mm. And it never comes back. Uh, no, no, it never gets, re- like it, it does sort of get reintroduced back into the movie, but then nothing really comes of it. Nothing comes of it. Yeah. Um, Cause he's got like a tape of his mum, So he wants to tape all the conversations he has with him. It's fine. Oh, he gives a fuck. Um, They're trying to build some sort of character arc and it just doesn't pay off. Like there's nothing, like you don't get attached to the characters at all. <laughs> at all it's, honestly I was hoping bats would come in there and just put a bullet in everyone's fucking stupid head that's yeah. what I was hoping for yeah it's just terrible alright so so okay so leads the dud okay the story <laughs> is fairly primitive um oh that's another thing they, you know have you seen um 
uh, Driver with Ryan Gosling. Yeah, 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 a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mind it. That is a ten times better. That's an infinitely better heist movie, right? Um, mm. And they do the same thing. So in, in order to lose the helicopter, he drives into a car park and then he just walks out of the car park. They do yeah. this in Baby Driver too. So there's that. They still. I'll I'll take bloody what's the one with Tom Cruise and Jamie Fox? Wait, Ch- Jamie oh, Fox? that that oh, that's uh. No, no, I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna. That was a good movie. I remember, I remember watching and going, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, you know, considering I didn't even know much about it before it came out. Um, fuck. Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx. I'm not going to look this up. I'm gonna, we're going to stay here all night <laughs> until fucking get it, okay? Uh, well, you know, that was back when It's Tom a Michael Mann film, I know that. What's that? It was a, it was a Michael Mann film. Yeah. Uh, I know you're talking about it. It's on the tip of my tongue. You fuck. It's, it's when Tom Cruise could get away with a movie like that. Collateral. That's the one. Collateral, yes. There you go. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, that was quality. <laughs> yeah, I wish I watched that instead of this fucking bullshit. <laughs> <sighs> All right. So the leads leads are fucking dud. Um, yep. It's yeah, I don't know. I don't you like you just don't empathize with the dude. You don't care about it that his parents were killed or that um, he's in this gangster's debt because he's a fess. He's a fess, pure and yeah. simple. Mm. Well, um, I, don't, I don't think this the star actors really do much for it either. No, not at all. I don't know. Maybe it takes away. It probably takes a bit away from the movie. Like you're looking at the actors from it from there, because some of them are typecast. Like John Hamm, you know, for his role in Mad as Don Draper in Mad Men. That that he's sort of known for that now because he yeah. hasn't done much else. Yeah, that's fair enough. And you can't see him as a criminal, like a career criminal. It doesn't like for me when I was watching. I'm like, yeah, he's he's too polished for a criminal. Um. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, Kevin Spacey as a you know, like a oh. dark sort of head honcho. Okay, mafia. okay, pause it. Let's pause that. Let's pause yeah. it. On. Put a pin in that. I'll get back to John Hamm. All right, all right. This is, I, I'm seriously stressed out here. Fuck. <laughs> Take um, it easy. Just breathe. <laughs> okay. Kevin Spacey, is he a fucking gangster or a two-bit criminal? Because I don't understand why a gangster would be... He, so how it works is Kevin Spacey puts his jobs together because he's a drug dealer mm. and he referenced, I got the information or I got this access card from a guy who has a nose problem inferring that the guy and he loves coke or his informant loves coke and he's in debt to him, right? Mm. I can believe that. I can believe that someone's in debt and is in a drug, drug debt and they tip Kevin Spacey off as to a, a bus, right? I get that. But why the fuck is he the one planning it? If he's the kingpin and the linchpin of this organization... Mm-hmm. Don't you think, like, in the mafia, they used to have um, intermediaries from the boss to the, the gunmen? Like, they'd have people yeah. called capos? Yeah, like, yeah, that's right. That would, you know, that they, they don't get... So you can't link the guys that actually pull the heist to the boss. Mm. But then he's acting like a two-bit criminal. And then he's going like, oh, all right, so this is what we're going to do. Yep, we're, this is the plan. Yep, uh, you're going to go get this. You're going to get get that. You're going to get the get that. It's like, dude. Yeah. Shut he up. keeps the operations in the same place. Yeah. It's key. You know, he's not very use, careful for someone never, to get that high up. I never use the crew, the same crew twice for a job, but then he uses Except John Hamm yeah. twice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. Like, and these guys, these criminals all have drug habits and they're all fucking psychopaths. Mm. And as soon as they get caught, of course they're going to flip. Of course they're going to turn over Kevin Spacey. It's absolutely astounding how dumb this movie is. Um, but the thing is, though, I could live with this movie being dumb. That's no problems, right? 
if it didn't take itself so seriously. Yeah, that's the other thing too. It was that's when I was back when I said it was just trying too hard. That's really what I meant. They they're taking themselves way 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 too seriously. Like, who do they think they are? Seriously, <laughs> there's no precedent. They don't. They, it's too arrogant for a movie that they haven't pulled off before like this. Um, you know, it's not a sequel. It's got you know, what the fuck? They've got no precedent on this. You're right. You're right. Well, it's not original enough. It's not original enough to be like throw it in your face and say, "Yeah, look how good we are." Like Deadpool. Deadpool, we can throw. You could throw anything at us, and it was amazing. I oh, you know what it is. Baby. I think it's because he, um, Edgar Wright, basically hedged his bets on people thinking that it's in, it's interesting enough based on the music alone. Yeah. So the music is, is this is a musical. So there is a lot of music, and a lot of the scenes are orchestrated to the music and the beats are played out to the music and the, like there's a scene where there's shotgun shots going off at the same time as drum beats or whatever. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he definitely nailed that aspect. I mean, that was okay, I guess. Not my thing, but I mean, the guy nailed that. But in terms of story and actually plot, it fucking falls on its ass. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. No, okay, what about this? Fucking... What's Kevin Spacey's, Kevin Spacey's relationship with the kid? So Baby Driver. So Baby Driver steals his car, and then he's indebted to him, and then he says, "Yeah, for like hundreds of thousands of dollars." Like that doesn't really add up. Like I, I think what was in something must have been something in the car. I think that was mentioned. That but was then, valuable to Kevin Spacey. So, but he says, "You're you're we're square, but you're still yeah. whatever what, what say, whatever stupid line it is. You're square, but when you're not free or whatever." So it implies that he doesn't give a shit about baby. Um, yeah. Rather, he um, he he only um, he he he's in debt to this guy, right? So, my point is, and then he comes back to the to the end of the movie to save him. He literally mm-hmm. just saves him. So it's like, why does he backflip on his? Like, why would he care? Why wouldn't he himself not be in Mexico right now, trying to blow over from yeah. the heat? Like. It, Oh, yeah, like, it's, it's too unrealistic. Like, it is already unrealistic. Like, the guy, you don't do that many jobs in succession. If you're a proper criminal, you're going to get caught if you do that shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I that that many heists that close together with a similar crew. He's not tying up loose ends. You know, it, it just doesn't make sense. Like, it's too predictable as well, some of the things that were happening. You mm. know, I didn't really see that, like, um, Jamie Foxx getting... Um, you know, well, I guess I could spoil it. Jamie Foxx getting killed. No, um, I, didn't, I, didn't think, I didn't see I that. Think, yeah, I didn't think he had the balls for that. Um, yeah, so that's... Yeah, so there's, that there's, like, oh, there's, shit, there's, what's he going to do now? It's, <laughs> it's really contrived. I mean, there's no originality. So there's a couple mm. of times... This was really, Towards the end, it gets really confusing because Baby Driver actually has an out. So, okay, so maybe we should preface mm. this with a bit of context. So, um... So what happens is Baby Driver gets square. Um, he agrees to do one last job for whatever reason. Yeah. Original. Um, so he goes, yeah, one last job, and then I'm out. And then <laughs> so he does the last job, but then the la- before they can do the last job, they need to get the guns. They go to the guns, but then there's some bullshit, blah, 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 blah. It goes awry. They end up killing the guys that they're doing the deal with. Uh, and then those guys happen to be cops. 
and then things start to escalate, and then Kevin Spacey, Mr. Potato Head himself, says, do you want to continue with this heist, right? Now, at this point, Baby Driver doesn't... You'd assume he'd say no because he wants to get Deborah and get the fuck out of Dodge. He doesn't want to do this anymore. But then he says, yes, mm-hmm. let's do it. What, can, you, like, can you explain to me why he said yes to proceeding with the job? If, he, if his intention was to always run... And he's only like 18 or whatever the fuck he is. Yeah, look, Why not just go, nah, I'm not going to do the job. Go steal a car, get your missus, and get and then yeah. just go to Mexico or whatever the fuck you want to go from. Yeah, look, I mean, it, it didn't really make sense. Like, He asked him, do you want to go? And he says, yes, still. But it's not like he's a career c- criminal and he can't give this up. He's a fucking 19-year-old kid. No. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like he loves. Yeah, look, the it made it of... seem like. He love... Yeah, I know. Like, but it, it made it seem that Kevin Spacey's character would go out and get him. So Kevin Spacey's character was careless at the end. It's like he probably would have got away with it if he just took off. That's what I mean. He <laughs> just take off. Yeah. Like if Kevin, if Kevin Spacey's char- yeah, character, it character, didn't like, make it's... sense. Oh, it's my business to know, <laughs> dickhead. If you, see... <sighs> I don't, and I don't understand why Kevin Spacey wouldn't go. Look. Fellas, Bats, old Batsy, take it easy because these guys are cops, but they're my cops, so don't fucking freak out when you see them. Why wouldn't you give them that information? (laughs) Fuck. I hate hate this movie so much. This movie is fucking cancer. (sighs) All right. It really upsets me because I was, you know what? Again, I hyped this one up too much. Like last week with Spider Man. Yeah, but having said that, I'd rather watch Spider Man all day, every day, than to ever see this movie again. <laughs> all right. Well, what are, what are the shit things I've got to talk about in this list? Uh, so Kevin Spacey is is a twat. Um, Deborah the waitress is just a backless, no, sorry, spineless, pointless female character. It's taken roles for women back like thirty oh. years. Oh, has it ever? Condensed <laughs> um, in distress. Pay- <laughs> Damsel in distress. She's on the train tracks and she can't untie herself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's right. Some fucking criminal, like, young kid driver. Can't, can't make any fucking good decisions. Yeah, here's the answer. Um, Baby driver is just a weird, awkward leading man with a dumb name and a dumb dance step. Um, his stepdad, I mean, the interactions he had with his stepdad that were really contrived. Um. And just like really cliched, so his stepdad is deaf, and he communicates with him with sign language. Um, why does why did his stepdad have to be deaf? I can understand his stepdad being in a wheelchair, but why did he have to be deaf? Like, what did that serve in terms of the context of the movie? Yeah. That he's sympathetic and he can hands like I would have thought. I actually legitimately thought that the fact that he could um, sign language would come into the movie at some stage. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't revisited. No, never, never served no purpose at all except to communicate with his stepdad. That's it. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. Crap. Like, he wasn't stuck somewhere with, like, some kid that could speak Auslan that could break him out of, like, a cell or something. You know, nothing. Wasn't used for anything. <laughs> nothing. Like, it could have gone somewhere with that, too. Like, that could definitely have gone somewhere with that. Um... Like, he could have been stuck in a car. Yes, right. Um, I, I, no, because I thought what was happening was, like, his dad, stepdad would get kidnapped or held hostage, and he can communicate. Or he, so, like, a, a message would get out to his stepdad 
via hand like um, sign language. Um, mm. but and it just goes nowhere. Fucking like this whole movie is just a waste of time. Um, all right, let's go back to John Ham. Johnny Hamboy, the hamster. All right. Um, so he's. Well, how would you describe his? How would you describe his character? Charismatic, sort of. Well, anti-hero. To a degree, I don't know. He was still a little bit boring. Oh, dude, he was fucking. He was. He was vanilla ice cream on white paint. That guy. Yeah, like, I, I guess that's why they had to give him that Wall Street background story. Because mm. it's like, yeah, okay, well, it makes sense that he's like that. If he is just a fucking, you know, white-collar criminal. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. And, yeah, like, he fucking got involved with his stripper. Like, they didn't they didn't actually confirm if that was true. But um, I think they didn't need to have to. They didn't have to. So I I don't know it is it, like I guess it was kind of like foreboding that if baby driver kept up to what he was doing he would end up like John Ham. Yeah. I guess because John Ham said he, he used to steal cars mm-hmm. and he they kind of related with like the tracks and, and I don't know he gives a fuck. <laughs> it's really hard to <laughs> it's really hard to dissect this movie because I just it's it's it, it, guys if it, this is a shit. This is a steaming shit pile. I'm telling you, it's not. It's not an enjoyable film. Um, I, I, okay, no, no, it, was, it was one of the longest 113 minutes of my oh life. Oh my god, this thing never ended. It never yeah. ended. It just kept going on and on and on and on. Oh, yeah. um, ten minutes in, I'm like, yeah, this is no. This is definitely <laughs> the last night. Like, no, the no, dark night, whatever the fuck it was called. Dude, do you, you know, know the um, start from the heist, the bank robbery? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like, um, no, nah, this is not, not the same. Do you know, like, literally, what te- my, um, I went with my wife and she said, I could tell you're going to hate it because as soon as the dancing started when he was going to get the coffee, she she said she saw my face just drop. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what the fuck have I got myself into? Your brow just furrowed. You're like, oh, oh God. And, and then I slump in my chair and I pull my phone out and I start going on my phone because I was just like not engaged with this film yeah. at all. At all, guys. This movie sucks so much. Bar. Email, email, emailing Village to get your money back. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> uh, no, let, maybe let's finish this point on John Hamm because I, I don't want to... Uh, there's no point to doing a podcast if you're not going to review the movie, if you're not going to do it properly. Okay, so... <laughs> John Hamm then kind of empathizes with Baby because they have similar experiences. But then um, where the, where the relationship goes sour is that um, where John Hamm's wife gets killed because she's an idiot and runs in front of cops with no cover and starts shooting two very large machine guns that I'm that I'm astounded that she could even carry. But um, she dies in a gunfight with the cops and then John Hamm blames Baby. And then to um, get back at Baby, he's going to go kill Deborah. The thing is, the problem I have with that whole concept, right? Is that um, you, you just? You, it's like they had to. Uh, they had too many characters that they had to tie up in a little bow. If that makes sense. So Shane from Walking Dead he skips out and says, "Next time you see me, it'll be because I'm dead." But mm. then, for whatever reason, I think John Ham and um, Jamie Foxx are two big characters that they couldn't do that to. 
So Jamie Fox, he gets killed, but then it's like, well, what do you do with John Hamm now? Yeah, yeah. So right. it should have been the other way around. Yeah, it should have been Jamie Fox chasing, chasing yeah, down that, Baby because he fucked the job. I think that would have been better served with Jamie Fox, like the, if the characters switched. Yeah. Um, because it, I don't know. I think the it just would have worked better. I reckon. Um. Yeah. I mean, and I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I just would have thought that. Okay, I understand. It, it was unreal. It got. It escalated too quickly in the yeah. realism. Like it was, it wasn't believable at all. But for some parts of it, it was like, okay, yeah, I can see how he outsmarted the cops in that scenario. Mm-hmm. Then it just goes off the rails. Like. That third job is just like people getting killed left, right, and center. How did you know, he get out of the diner? Or not. Yeah, or he survived. Yeah, I don't know how John Hamm survived. Like, that was like GDA, like GDA three on like five stars. Mm. You know, cops just chasing you. You're like, there's no escape. You're not going to get out of that and make your way to a diner on a fucking freeway. You know, you can't just escape like hordes of cops and a chopper when you're by yourself. It doesn't make any sense. Happen. And why does, baby, why does Baby Driver pick the dumbest cars to do the heist in? A oh. bright red Subaru WRX. Cunt, the, yes. cops, the helicopters can spot that a mile away, and just by chance, you're on the freeway, you see two red cars, and you're like, oh, yeah, this will work. It's like, ah, yeah. oh, give me some logic. Give me ground this in some reality. Yeah. I know, and I understand that this is meant to be a lighthearted romp-ish, mm. but then don't take yourself so seriously. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's got to be consistent. And what do you think of the action in general in terms of the way it was? I thought the car, scene, the car chases, with the exception of maybe one or two scenes with, with the handbrake um, in the opening 10 minutes, whatever it is, mm. I, I really thought that they weren't filmed that great. Yeah, the angles were a bit weird. And, and it was really um, close. Did you find that? Like you couldn't make sense. It was too quick cuts and up close and you just you couldn't get any context as to where, how the cars were moving. Yeah, I don't know. I think that was on purpose. They just, they probably, I don't know, they saved a bit of money on the budget there. We only had to use like one car park to film all the scenes. Mm, that's true. Who, who knows? I, I, just, um, I just thought, I thought the action was, was filmed exceptionally poorly. Like legitimately, for a car, mm. for a heist movie, there was, no, there was very few wide shots. Um, and I mean, there was a few, there's actually a few cool stunts, but it was cut together so quickly that you didn't have time to like absorb it or well, take that in and yeah. it's very generic action like we're talking John Woo hard um, was it hard target or hard <laughs> the, the John Claude Van Damme John Woo film like we're talking 90s cigar action quality oh yeah 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 that's right or it like get, gets kicked off the balcony or you know that with sort of the, shit with all the yeah. duffs <laughs> falls into a flaming car yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. It's 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 not good. This is not good. Um, all right. Okay. So we've gone for about thirty five. So what minutes are the positive reviews? Have you read the positive reviews? Like, what no. are they highlighting as as favorable? Like, what 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 every, are these critics finding that's so good? Well, they can't seem to get over the fact that this was the music. So, like I said, he does that really well. Like, he would have mm. had to have the music in his head, but it's like he had the tracks in his head and he built a movie around those tracks. I think that is actually what happened. Oh, Jesus Christ. No, legitimately, that's um, because the lead actor, the kid, uh, whatever his name is, um, he was on The Project Mm -hmm. uh, on Channel 10 in Australia uh, a few weeks ago. Mm. They were advertising the movie, and he actually said that the director built the movie around the music. Mm. 
So he had the tracks for his – the only song that he got to pick was uh, I'm Easy when it was um, when the car was getting crushed mm. and he put on the song and uh, um, Easy Like Sunday Morning, whatever it's called, and he was walking mm. away. That's the only song that, that that actor got to pick. All the other songs the director picked. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, the, okay, the music, I'm going to throw this out there, fucking sucks. The soundtrack to this movie mm. does not get you ant for a heist. There's a lot of – Yeah, it's a bit too effective. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot know. of sixties sh- like um, pop slash soul music, which is fine, but mm-hmm. it's not. It, there's his big heist music is a, a Queen track, but it's not even a good Queen track. It's just, um, mm-hmm. it's it, it, it's like almost like a hipster's choice of like how good this <laughs> am I? Like, look at how many fucking old school hit tracks I, I know. Fuck off, seriously. Yeah, it's if the getaway driver was a hipster. Yeah, that's this is what he'd be listening to, like fucking jazz or some shit. Oh, dude, just... Yeah, I just, just love to bank. I'm going to listen to, like, Easy Rock. Like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, like... What the hell? That Easy, like, Sunday morning is, like... Uh, I just I threw up all over... It's over everybody. Just blah, blah. Just a little bit in your mouth. Just like, oh, God. <laughs> oh. Just... Well, okay, all right. Okay, okay, all right. Let's, 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 let's bring the tone of this up. I mean, it's been up, uplifting. I'm going to throw this out. Okay, maybe what I'm about to say is probably not going to be that uplifting. It's probably going to be like a backhanded compliment. Edgar Wright has made uh, Shaun of the Dead, um, Hot Fuzz, World's End, I think it's called. The World's End. Uh, uh, or The End, or whatever it's called. The World's End, perhaps. And then... Um, what, was that? What, what movie was that? I don't think I remember that. Uh, it's the, the, the Corn- Cornetto Trilogy. You know when, when they go on that pub crawl? Simon Pegg, Nick Frost. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, yeah, I think it's. And um, what was the other one? You did uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World or something? All right. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, he made that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that sort of makes sense now. Yeah, that movie sucked too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that that movie was critically panned. The steady decline. Oh, what? Well, that's what I'm saying. I. So those, those, so those, so Shaun of the Dead is an iconic, fucking, iconic movie. Okay, and then. Mm. It's just a classic cult comedy, sort of really funny, unique take on the zombie genre. It's it's pretty funny. Um, Hot Fuzz, yeah, that has some really funny moments. It wasn't brilliant, but it wasn't wasn't shit house. All right, <laughs> the the yeah. World's End was just a flat flat movie with few highlights. And again, but then that was the first movie we noticed this dude cannot finish a fucking film because that went on forever. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim went on forever. That was. That movie was a horrible movie, and went, and that was his first movie, I guess, without Simon Pegg and Nick Frost on the writing credits. Um, and then okay. this is his second movie without Nick Frost and Simon Pegg on the writing credits. This one's horrible too, and it doesn't know where to end either. And there's a lot; it could have been chopped thirty minutes at least. It could have been yeah, the flow. It's just disjointed, like, it, and it, it was just a. He just kept repeating himself. Like, he, there's only so many heists, and car chases you can do where it, it just starts to get boring. Mm. Like, you can't just do it three times in the same movie. Like, people are not going to sit through that. No, that's right. Um, and he got fired off Ant Man in between Scott Pilgrim and making this. So I think the reason why he got fired off Ant Man was because he didn't want to make a Marvel movie. And I know I complain <laughs> about the Marvel movies being too much of the same. But fuck, give me any Marvel movie over this any day, any day. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Some of the critics' consensus or just some of the p- positive reviews. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't 
I was, after eating exhaust fumes for the best part of two hours, this moviegoer left feeling decidedly queasy. It's <laughs> actually quite, that's a quite eloquently put, better than what I can do, for, that's for sure. Oh, God, sense. And while well, David Stratton, he's a pretty good critic, mm. he was saying, uh, the influences are there, but Wright builds on and subverts them in his hugely entertaining movie, one of the most satisfying films of its type to emerge in quite a while. Fuck off, David. Yeah, like... Man, you're out of touch. What the hell? <laughs> Too long. Yeah. There's nothing without Margaret Pomerantz, man. Oh, God. Oh, dude. I, I, all right. Look, we've been talking about it for half an hour. Maybe we'll stop shitting on it. I, my final recommendation would be um, if wait a year, two years, if it comes on Netflix and you're generally bored um, and you've got nothing better than do, or if you're, even if you like doing the ironing or just a job around the house and you want to put something on, do that but this does not deserve your attention and if i can convince one person just one person in this whole wide world not to see this movie i will be doing my job yeah good work <laughs> correct <laughs> oh fuck oh, i feel like i've weight's been lifting my shoulders because we've, we've been waiting to do this app for a while <laughs> yeah i saw it i saw it last thursday no friday sorry yeah i saw it friday, friday too yeah just oh. it'd be good if those other two um retards could get their act together and commit yeah. to watching a movie yeah well maybe next week what, <laughs> uh, what's next on the list Dunkirk uh, well there's Dunkirk and War of the Apes or Planet of the Apes oh yeah that looks good oh yeah so there's two I really want to see but I ain't got time to see both so hopefully I can coordinate something with uh, with Rob and, and uh, Dave and maybe two yeah. of us go see one thing and two of us go see the other yeah or both. <sighs> if they got the time because they live in such hectic cities yeah. All right. Um, all right. Cool. So let's move on to let's move on to a lighter note. <laughs> not, yet, not yet. Actually, not yet. Before we get to the lighter note on the, the, uh, the podcast. Um, all right. So cool. Uh, back in January, um, there's a YouTube channel that I watch or subscribe to called Watch Mojo, and what they do is just, it's just a bunch of lists, right? And they say uh, it's that's what they fundamentally do: lists in like YouTube format. So it's two-minute movies, uh, five-minute TV shows, whatever, on YouTube. One of their um, videos was the most anticipated films of 2017. And I thought, given that we're over half half the way in to this year and we've gotten a lot of the films already on this list, let's maybe rank how this most anticipated films against the perception, against the reality, so to speak. So number 10 was Alien Covenant. That was now... That was our very first episode, the very first movie reviewed on this podcast, and it got very unfavorable reviews. I would say disappointing. So the least. Yeah, did not live up to the hype. So that's, that's, no. that, that's that one. Um, number nine is Dunkirk. We will find out next week, guys. We'll find out next week. Number eight was War for the Planet of the Apes. Again, we'll find out next week. Does that live up to the hype? All right, uh, number seven, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Again, that was on the first ever episode of this podcast. You want to go back and listen, Full Metal Sci-Fi. Uh, I reckon that one lived up to the hype. Would you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know, I agree with that. Yep. Mm. That was pretty sweet. All right, number six, Beauty and the Beast. Um, highest grossing film so far, so I assume it's good. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I didn't see it. I, yeah, again, I don't know. I'm putting it in the same boat as like Baby Driver, La La Land. You know, it's just hype and Hollywood bullshit. Feeding into nostalgia. 
Mm, yeah, feeding to nostalgia. But I assume it would be good because Disney, no, no. I mean, I saw, um, what was the other one with the fucking the kid in the jungle? Jungle Wolf. And I didn't yeah, hate, that was good. Yeah, I didn't, was, I didn't, didn't mind that yeah. one. So I assume that one would be good. Well, that was, um, who was the director on that? Oh, uh, John Favreau. Yeah, uh, I think that had a big, big part to do with it. Mm, I think so. Um, um, it's, it's still good. Yeah, sorry. No, you're right. Okay, That's so it. that was the top six. All right, so out of those six, we've kind of gotten, um, well, two we can't decide on, but probably two that lived up to the hype. And then we have, okay, so number five, Justice League. That's not mm. living up to any hype. So I don't think anyone's hyped for this movie anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Wonder Woman stole this movie's thunder for sure. For sure. Well, I, I wonder what sort of part she's going to have or if they rewrote anything because of the success of that movie. Um, yeah, well, that's a good point because I listened to a podcast called Sunday Movie. No, sorry, The Weekly Planet, hosted mm-hmm. by YouTuber Mr. Sunday Movies. And they said that, the annoying thing is that Wonder Woman, like they're going to go see this movie because of Wonder Woman. And it's like, it's annoying that Wonder Woman has to be in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I definitely think she's getting rewritten to have a larger part. That's for sure. That's for is, sure. Is that, and then there's like, oh, well, how are they going to, are they going to bring Superman back? Oh. Uh, is it going to be good or is it going to be bad? Like, uh, is it to that? Oh, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I just want to see Wonder Woman. I don't care about him. I don't, I don't care about any of the others. Kill them all. Kill them all. All right. Um, number four, Blade Runner 2049. Mm. Saw the trailer. I, got- I was actually, I saw the trailer whilst I was in this shit movie, waiting for this shit yeah. movie. So. Yeah, same. What would you think of that? Looks yeah, kind of interesting. It does look pretty cool. Mm. Um, I like the, uh, the soundtrack or whatever they had in the trailer. Um, it just, I can't really remember the original. I think I've got to watch it before I see this again. Mm. And, um, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, doesn't look like it's going to be another, um, total recall. I don't think they're going to do that, that make that mistake again. Uh, you know, I don't think, but I mean, anything that puts me off this movie is Jared Leto's in it. But, um, other than that, it kind of looks, it kind of looks interesting. It fits into that whole trying too hard. Yeah, I'm kind of. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta tone down my expectations because I'm. Oh, oh, God. Right. You watch too many YouTube videos. Yeah, that's building the up your lists, that's man. That's the problem for fuck's sakes. Uh, number three, Spider-Man: Homecoming. So that this is the third most anticipated film of 2017, according to Watch Mojo. I would say, yeah, lived up to the hype. It's good. It's, it's a good movie. Like it's fine. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's not purpose. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't disappoint. No. It wasn't like I didn't go. I didn't feel like I was sitting there for two hours. No, exactly. So, the feeling my gauge. Like, I've got a very low bar now. <laughs> it's if I can, if I'm definitely aware of what I'm doing, yes, it's a shit movie. Yeah. If I'm not, it's a good movie. It's good. It's done its job. You can literally feel the molecules on your face age oh. and die off. Like you know, your legs get uncomfortable. Yeah. You feel like you've got deep vein thrombosis, even though you've been sitting down for an hour. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just horrible. Oh. All right, number two. Logan, did you see this? Yes. Yeah. I saw this uh, actually quite recently. Um, and yeah, again, I think f- probably I wouldn't have this as number th- as the second most anticipated film, but I mean, mm. yeah, I mean, lived up to the hype. I thought it was the best Wolverine movie. I mean, that's not exactly setting a high standard, but it wasn't terrible. Oh, the best X-Men movie they've made yet. Yeah, it's probably just a good call. It's a good call. Well, it's just it's a lot more grittier. And you know, they had swearing in it. That was all. That's always a nice touch. 
Well, nope. it just makes it a little bit more realistic. Yeah. I would. I really, I, I really would have loved to seen him in the actual proper Wolverine outfit in a movie, though. That would mm. be... What, the yellow uh-huh. spandex kit? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. well, they did joke about that. What was it? A, was it an after-credits scene mm. of the X-Men? Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. They're just ah. teasing fans. Just, uh, I don't know why they had such a problem. Like, I get it in the early 2000s, everything had to be black leather. But yeah. just, just fucking get your dick out of your ears and pay attention to what fans want. Um, all right, and the most anticipated film of 2017, no surprise, is Star Wars uh, Episode Eight: Return of the Jedi. Now. Return of the Jedi. Sorry. The last, what's it called? The, the last, last of the, the Jedi? Last Jedi. The yeah, last the last Jedi. Jedi. <laughs> Sorry, apologies. Whoa, like, Whoa. Jesus, they're remaking it? <laughs> um, I, yeah, okay. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I'm actually going to go to a midnight screening of that one. I always go to the midnight screenings of the Star Wars films. Um, mm-hmm. And I might do like a like a live, re- not a live reaction, but a, re- like a reaction as soon as I see it. I like 3, 3 a.m. just to. Get my thoughts out, but I mean, all drowsy and like, oh, fucking, yeah, it was all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Exhausted. It's fine. Um. So okay. So out of that list, basically, the whole point of that exercise was to see like, is Sambo is getting too amped for films because really, I don't know, maybe three so far that have been worthy of the hype, realistically. Mm. Yeah. Well, look, that's what three out of five. Not bad. <laughs> Uh, sound like meatloaf. Two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> oh fuck! I'm just, I'm just, I'm just in a sour mood now. I'm all salty because of that fucking. We had to talk about that shit movie. All right. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I had high hopes because <laughs> the reviews were positive. I didn't actually read any of the reviews. I should have. <laughs> I probably should have read the plot synopsis. Yeah. And just gone. Mm, yeah, I think I might sit this one out. <laughs> but no, got sold on it, and uh, here we are. Yeah, and then you could say, well, we're, look at Rob and uh, Dave. They don't, you know, too lazy to go see anything. But uh, who's the real winner in that situation? <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. Yeah, tell me about it. Tell me about it. Um, all right. So yeah, on a brighter note. Yeah. Um, so last night we had the unfortunate passing of one of my favorite directors of directors of all time. Um, he was a trailblazer. He really set the tone and set the benchmark in terms of um, horror, the horror genre, or the action horror even. Um, George Romero. Um, at age, I uh, I realise as the older we get, the more we got to, or the more we we'll see our heroes sort of um, yeah, pass right. away. And I'm really sad about this. And I'm also, I'm, I, it's kind of there's a tweet from John Carpenter saying pretty much like how much he how he's going to miss his friend George but I'm like dude you're not far off yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy, I know oh, well man. he's only 77 like he he wasn't old old like this no. this same age like people live in the late 90s usually that's right but yeah I don't know like we're, we're losing them like they're starting to drop off every now and again like Did- I don't know who's next but <laughs> Jesus, um, do you know? Do you know what he passed of, or was it just old age? Oh, it's lung, lung cancer. Oh, Jesus, fuck me. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, uh, look, he was my. So he was pretty much. He was. He made zombies cool before it was cool to make zombies cool. If that makes sense. So, yeah. he 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 filmed the the first ever. Well, okay, so the first ever major success, I guess. Um, zombie 
pictures. Um, and he's predominantly known as a zombie director. Like, um, he did some other stuff like The Crazies. Um, what else did he do? I'm just getting up his IMBD up now. But he, he's predominantly known for like, you know, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Night of the Dead. Um, I think he did The Creeps as well, maybe. Let's have a look. Oh, I think so. oh Creep yeah. Show. Sorry, yeah. not The Creeps. He's got quite a few acting credits, which I was surprised with. Mm. Uh, play, playing either himself and or... You know, genuinely acting, which is pretty cool for a director. Yeah, dude, the guy was a champ. Um, okay, let's maybe just focus on his, the the Living Dead trilogy. So I've actually got the box set. Um, I remember getting this. This was like when I was, I don't know, for... Uh, I reckon we were still in high school. Uh, year 11, maybe year 12. Um, Night of the Living... And I still got it. It's one of my tr- most cherished box sets. Um, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. Yep. What's your favourite... Adventure. Dawn of the Dead, is that the one in the shopping center? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that. That was that sort of um, made me aware of that franchise or that, that genre, mm. uh, how cool it could be. Like, I don't know, because he experimented. I know he was like really political with his movies too. Like mm. he used zombies as either representing a minority yeah. or, you know, just the little guy um, or just to bring, you know, mainstream politics out into the open like that. And then how cl- how people react in survival survival mode or in those situations, um, which is pretty true to the fact I would imagine. Um, if it's dog eat dog like that, you're probably going to get put in those scenarios, and it's going to end up being shit because human beings <laughs> are not really equipped for it. No, <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I I think just about that point as well. Each one of these films uh, has a very unique perspective and different takes on the zombie genre. No, maybe not the zombie genre, but the characters in the zombie zombie apocalypse. So, mm. sorry, excuse me. So the first one, just just uh, choking on my own rage here for that fucking film. <laughs> it's um, over. It's over. We're off, baby driver. We're off. <laughs> so, um, um, so the first one, Night of the Dead, is, is black and white. It's, it's like a, it's a, it's more of a horror thriller. And I, to, the, to this day, one of the scariest images that's always permanently burned or etched into my mind is when um, the, when the guys in the house who are trying to survive the zombie um, apocalypse, what they go downstairs into the basement and they see the little girl zombie eating her parents and it's black and white. The lighting and the, and the setting is just pitch perfect. It's creepy as fuck. And just seeing that girl chewing on her parents, it's like, oh, dude, that's mental. How old were you when you saw that? Uh, I would want to say before my teens. <laughs> That's probably why it's still with you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I used to, I used to thrive in this shit. I mean, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I had an older brother. Um, you know, Dave, my older brother. He he would you know would, would kind of he got me into sort of like a lot of this sort of like just the 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 junk. I guess you, the parents would call it like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's trying to warp you. Ah, well, fuck. <laughs> but then I just I just got obsessed with it and took it to the next level. So, yeah. um, and then I guess um, following on to that, the Dawn of the Dead was more about um, how just random people could try and cohabitate and live in the shopping center, but then obviously ignore the greater problem. Mm. So I guess that was, uh, I don't know, commentary on consumerism, I guess. I don't know. What, um, yeah, no, no, I'd say you're probably spot on with that. Yeah. And um, I just remember that one. I mean, that one's probably most remembered and favorited, but mm. it's probably not the one I enjoy the most. The one I probably enjoy the most is um, Day of the Dead. 
And that's the one. If I'm not sure if you remember, it. they're all in. It's the scientists and the um, military um, officers who are who are kind of yep. riding out the apocalypse in that bunker. Yep, and then yep. I have another very specific memory of that film of the zombie that they're keeping there to do experiments on, and you just see him on that table, and he's just strapped in, and he's like half his guts are hanging out, and they just got all these like probs and probes in him, and it's just oh. <sighs> Yes. So good, so good. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, he, he, he was a pioneer. Like, he kicked off, like, Resident mm. Evil. You know, now it's The Walking Dead. Like, it's mm. – the concept is still the same. Like, those slow-moving zombies yeah. that just eat flesh. Mm-hmm. Like, it, that stayed the same. Like, he's a genius. Well, like, it, I, I would I would say that his later works kind of went towards parody and self-parody. Um, yeah. What was that one we saw at, uh, in the movies? What was that? Oh shit! Do you remember that one? We one we saw was it Land of the Dead? Oh, uh, was it when they started learning to? Yeah, to yeah, like, yeah. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that guy on the Simon petrol Baker station, like that zombie. Was that Land? That wasn't Land of the Dead. Pretty sure it was. Oh yeah, it might have been. Dennis Hopper was in. Yeah, yeah and John Leguizamo. <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure, yeah, that was garbage. That movie. <laughs> yeah, it was. I remember, us, like, I remember us watching that movie and then going out of it and going, "The fuck!" Like, yeah, zombies can't learn; they're dead. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're dead. Just, you kept the same concept going on. Like, no one wants to see. Like, you got to stick with the formula; it works. Mm. Like, you keep zombies one-dimensional. You know, who was who was that big? The big zombie that had the, the gun. And he was like learning how to fire the gun. Or yeah, there was petrol sta- like the guy at the petrol station. Yeah, that's the- it. Zombie in the overalls. He was like, he's the one. Like eventually, he started going underwater and like swimming and stuff. It's like, uh-huh. hang on, zombies can't learn that quickly. Like he did this all within a few days. Uh huh. Like, mm. Okay, it's been it's been an apocalypse for years, but it, a zombie's going to learn and adapt to the environment within a few days. Yeah, no. that wasn't great. That one. No, it actually yeah. wasn't very good at all. He wasn't. Oh, he, was, he, was, he wasn't the most prolific director either, because he kind of did a lot of work in the seventies and eighties, and yeah, then was, kind of died off in the nineties. Pretty much, he only did two films in the nineties. Looking at this, yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't know how much money he would have made. Might have been enough just to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay now. Shit, Night of the Living Dead came out in 1968. I didn't even realize that was that old. Yeah, it's, it's pretty old. Nah, dude, that would have freaked the fuck out of people in 1968. Yeah, considering that The Exorcist had such a reaction, and that was, oh, when was that? 70s or 80s? Nah, that would have been 70s or late 70s, yeah. 70s. That was, like, horrific for people. It's just something about it in being black and white just just changes it altogether. And they've remade all of his movies, I think. So they've remade um, Night of the Living Dead. Excuse me. And they also remade Dawn of the Dead with Zack Snyder. And that was a good remake. Yeah. That was just an action-packed sort of thing. It wasn't... wasn't you know, wasn't anything that outstanding. And then they also remade Day of the Dead, which was trash. So yeah. I guess very few people in his life will get remembered for um, being the first. And he definitely was. So, yeah. <sighs> man. And it's, it's really the thing that pisses me off for the most at the moment is that all these goddamn kids age, they wouldn't, one, know who he is. Yeah. Two, understand the genre he created. And three, they all suck the Walking Dead's ass because they think it's the best zombie yeah. thing out. Which you've got to acknowledge the legacy. You've got to acknowledge the origins of where that's from. Yeah, it's 
It's, I know, man. I know. I, I like The Walking Dead, but I you like The Walking because, Dead because of you know get the affinity with zombies. Like you know, I like Twenty Eight Days Later, <laughs> Twenty Eight Weeks Later. It's different, different sort of zombie class. Yeah, but it's still that genre. Well, yeah. I mean, oh my god, this is just another sand soapbox. Um, but uh, the thing about I don't like about sorry, I should recant that. I I like The Walking Dead comic books. Um, so I've read, uh, shit pretty much when they defeated the governor. So I can't remember what issue that is. So that's what oh, I've read up to. I, yeah. I haven't read Alexandra or any of that stuff, yeah. but the thing I can't stand about the walking dead is, um, there's only so much crying and whinging you can do. And if you don't have empathy for the main characters and you don't have any skin in the game. So like, I was glad to see all those characters die because they're just all really self-involved, horrible people that just whinge and cry and moan. And also yeah. that the pacing, just because they're zombies and they're the walking dead, you don't have to set it like a fucking so slow burn. It was so such a slow <laughs> burn. Yeah, I think, I don't know if it's budget restrictions. I don't know. But it, now they've got a bigger budget, they're actually doing more with it because the second season was rubbish. I think every two seasons they have like a, a rebuild where they're like, oh, they've settled somewhere mm. and they'll have every second episode just like, oh, it's in one, there's like a couple of different scenes and like that's it. They don't really use many no. sets. Um, well, so, I, 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 and I hate the card. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the casting choices because um, I think <laughs> Negan's been cast pretty well, but the dude they got <laughs> to play the governor was atrocious. Like, it's just not a fit. Yeah. Like yeah, the governor of the comic books was just a menace man he looked intimidating he was just a psychopath but the guy that got in the in the tv show was just a pasty chubby flabby white guy fuck off yeah they didn't really pull it off i know you're right it could have been better and i just think the whole the whole done the dialogue and the dynamic between the characters it's just it's 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 it's, it's i don't know why people love it it's a shit show shit show (laughs) it's a shit show Don't don't rip it, all right. Wait for the new season. Well, all right, actually, I got to ask you this. I'm not gonna. I'm, I've, I actually stopped watching after season two. Mm. Yeah, I haven't seen it consistently since. Um, so here's the thing, right? So all right, we'll just maybe finish up saying uh, rest in peace, um, George. You you were remembered. You always be remembered. And uh, yeah, it sucks to see these guys go. It really does. I oh, know it's going to be hard seeing them. Over the next few years, like I don't even know, Scorsese's getting old now. Oh, dude, they're He's all getting fucking old. Coppola's getting old. Lucas is getting old. Yeah. Still, uh, Spielberg's getting old. That's gonna be sad, man. It's gonna be the next 10, 15 years. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It's gonna suck major balls. And the, actually, the the thing I wanted to talk about, like, do you think that with the passing of these directors, that their work is gonna get, I don't know, raided? Abuse. I was in like the. Like the family's just going to sell the rights to any, like the highest bidder, mm-hmm. and then they'll just remake him and adapt him and blah reboot. Yeah, I think that's it's inevitable. Like they're already doing it now. Jesus. Um, even when the directors are still alive, like, Jesus you know, it's Christ. just it's going to be sad. But at the same token, it, it is a compliment to them mm. as long as they're acknowledged. It's never going to be the same. I think people need to go in there knowing that obviously because that director's passed, he's not going to be involved, so it's not going to be the same. You just hope. It's going to do justice to the legacy. Well, you made a good point that they're already doing it now. So, like, John Carpenter is another one 
another director, he was, or he is, sorry, the person mm. that I admire because he makes his own films. So he doesn't, he doesn't follow trends. He just does what he wants and tells unique stories with unique perspectives. Um, again, fir- firmly cemented in the horror genre, um, mm. l- horror action, and then sci-fi out of that sort of thing. So, like the whole, the the fact that um, they're making Big Trouble in Little China with the Rock. Well, they proposed mm-hmm. to do it. I'm just like, yeah, it's a mistake. They just don't do it. I mean, the, the first big trouble in Little China, why it's so beloved, is that it's a very unique movie. It's a cult classic. It wasn't a huge success when it came out. Um, it wasn't John Carpenter's story, so I don't think he wrote it. I think he was literally just hired to direct it. So he doesn't have right. any rights to it. So if they remake it, I think he's even said, if they remake it, they remake it. It's, he can't do anything about it. But mm-hmm. it, he did do the score. He, um, it, it does have his unique perspectives and has that relationship with Jack. It's just like that's a John Carpenter film, so well, you, you're hedging your bets on something that people on a property that people know, but it's never going to be as good as the first one. If that makes no, sense, right? You don't want to. You don't want a direct remake. No. You want maybe. Look, I mean, Star Wars is doing okay with it. Well, you know, they continue the franchise successfully. I think. I mean, George. <laughs> George Lucas fucked it up. Like, you know, <laughs> well, survive it. I think with Star Wars is a bit different because they, I mean, it is still movies by committees now. So that's maybe a good thing or a bad thing. I think it's a bad thing, but movies by committees. But what they did well is that they firmly established new characters grounded in that sort of reality. So if they would have, mm. so that first half of The Force Awakens was purely just about the new characters. So if they were to do that, inside the universe of um, Big Trouble in Little China. So say, yeah, don't call The good. Rock Jack Burden. Call him whoever, whatever. Don't call mm. him Jack Burden. But then say, this isn't perhaps a direct sequel, but perhaps maybe this is somehow linked or is in that universe yeah. and linked to that reality. Yeah. I think people Agreed. can uh, accept it more and are willing to be enjoy the film more because you're already, you're already comparing against it. Something. So you're saying, we made this film again and you're already comparing yeah. it. And what people don't understand is, yeah, it may make money, but that's not what it's about. I mean, movies are about, you know, entertainment and enjoying something and having a good time and rewatching it and thinking about the movies and daydreaming about, you know, the movie, you know, discussing the movie like we're doing now. That's what movies are pretty much for. Nobody's going to talk. Nobody gives a fuck about Robocop remakes or um, Total Ro- Recall remakes. Nobody's talking about those fucking remakes. Everyone's still oh, talking mummy. about the originals. The Mummy. The Mummy. You know what I mean? Garbage. Jesus. Absolute garbage. Yeah, it's it's true. Like you, they have, they still have license for originality mm. in those universes. Just don't rehash the characters. Just keep, you know, just have original characters, original plotline. Keep it in the same universe, so you can use. Yeah. You could probably even use the same villains. Just. Don't use the same um, main characters or the protagonists. Just don't. Mm, exactly right. Again, it's like just um, people love Jurassic World with uh, Chris Pratt. It's yeah, the same Pratt. shit as the yeah. other one, but it's not yeah. the same. If that makes sense, it's not the same. Make like a billion dollars. Look, yeah. and in the merchandise alone, they're probably doubling the revenue of the movie. You know, like you make good mm. money off of it. an original. Like it, it, the concept doesn't have to be original, but the movie can be. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's a tricky it's a tricky line because uh, just last week I was saying like these movies now we we just get movies that are designed by committees and story groups um, mm. to placate the masses and to to reach out to a broader audience as possible. And last yeah. week I was talking about how 
it used to be better because it used to be about the director having a vision and then just the, the studio buying into that vision and for better or worse, you got a film that was unique and had a unique perspective. And yeah. this week, it certainly bit me on the dick because this unique perspective of Baby Driver sucked massively. Um, but I, again, you just, you, I guess you just, I'd rather live by that, if that makes sense. Than yeah, look, that's, that's fair enough. Else. I understand that. I, I get that point of view. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan of either. Um, I do like the, well, was it 500 Days of Summer? Mm-hmm. I don't know, you liked that movie, did you? Did you like it? Uh, I got over it towards the end. It, was, it, it kind of went on for a bit, but yeah, I didn't mind it. But movies like that, art housey, sort of mm. independent, you know, low budget, doesn't really even bother me. It doesn't have to have amazing special effects or anything to be a good movie. Um, and then I'll, I'll go see like a popcorn flick as well and, and enjoy that. But I enjoy them for different reasons. It's because you're an accepting individual age. You're willing to open up <laughs> too your... Agreeable. Too agreeable. You, yeah, exactly. You're willing to, <laughs> to open your heart and your mind. That's right, man. I've got a big heart. Uh, Come whereas, on. I'm, I can I'm do a, this. I'm a fucking movie snob. Um, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I I guess the, the, the movie that I really 100% love from the last couple of years that I just could not find a flaw with um, would be probably Mad Max Fury Road. That's probably... Oh, yeah, that was quality. Um, again, it, it, was, it wasn't was a remake as, as such as it was a continuation. And again, it's just, all right, we, you can't have a six-year-old Mad Max, but it's just, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. Um, and maybe also uh, Okaja, the Netflix uh, movie. Oh, have, yeah. have you seen that yet? Sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah, sorry. What did you think of that? Yeah, I enjoyed that. Mm. That was good. You know, it's a different... Um, Oh, I had a thought about it the other day, but I forgot my um my point. Shit. Well, mate, maybe you have to go back and listen. Maybe we you know what because Dave hasn't. He was meant to be on that pod. He was meant to be on that episode too, but he never got to it. Maybe we could do. Sorry, maybe we could uh, retouch it. Just popping champagne. What's going no, on? No, I accidentally hit the mic with my. Oh, okay. With my, with my pen. <laughs> oh, are you celebrating? You've got all that on your chest now. <laughs> well, no, nah, well, fuck this movie, and then um. Hey, did you ever seen uh, Midnight Special as well? That was a pretty interesting movie. No, I haven't seen that. It's on Netflix. Check it out. It's not bad. Um, the what's it called? What's the one with um, um, Russell Crowe and uh, what's his face? Ryan Gosling is the other guys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't mind I think, that. Oh, uh, the other guy's the one with Will Ferrell. Oh, and is it? I think oh, I know the one. I know the movie you're speaking Shit. of. It just came out like a few, oh, maybe a year last, ago. Yeah, last year. Um, Stand up guys or something. What, what do you remember? It's called. Yeah, it's something like that. Well, they're both cops. Is that what well, it is? One's a co- or, no, they're both private de- detectives. Yeah. Okay. Um, Any good? Have you? Oh shit! Oh, it was it was, an, it was like, written by Shane Black, the guy who's done like Lethal Weapon and Kiss Kiss oh, Bang Bang, um, yeah. and uh, I think he wrote, also wrote Predator, the first one. Wow, uh, so it's decent. <clears throat> nice guys, the nice guys. Sorry, the nice, nice guys. guys. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's like films like that. I really I find I find myself more drawn to than um, La La Land. See, I, I'm not a big musical guy, and that's probably partly why I didn't like Baby Driver. But La La Land. In terms of the story, you, you can't just have one or the other with these sort of stuff. So the the musical, all right, yeah, musical's not my thing, but it kind of drove the story. It went ha- part and parcel. So I mm. didn't mind that one. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else off the my head last year. Probably not. But yeah, that's my point, is that I, I, I kind of, 
because then you then you kind of I think well having a director who has a single vision you kind of you get to follow that guy if that makes sense. Yeah, well, he could have spent years on that concept, just tweaking it, you know, yeah. making it just right, being heavily involved in the scripts mm. and having license to do whatever he wants. Mm. You're probably going to get a better quality movie if the guy knows what he's doing. <laughs> that's what I'm yeah, and that's what I'm thinking. So. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's like Scorsese. Scorsese, like, you know, look, the standard, the massive directors that back in their heyday mm. were just in complete control and the studios trusted them. Yeah, exactly. And all they had to do was have one hit and then from then on in, they were just, they, they could do whatever they wanted, mm. um, which is not the case anymore. I think even if you have a few good hits in a row, you're still going to be controlled quite heavily. Yeah, you are. You keep the project for, like, no reason. Like, you just... Well, when I, things are like, no, I'm sorry, it's not going to work. See you later. The stakes are higher now, dude, because you you, you notice that there's no small budget for there are small budget films, but there like a small budget film is like this film, Baby Driver, costs forty million dollars. Um, mm. So and that's considered a small budget. All these blockbuster films are like two hundred two hundred million with the budgets, right? So mm-hmm. they got more to lose. So that's why they're obviously. I think this is this is their business plan. Make fewer movies with but with larger budgets, and based on properties that people know, and they think they obviously think that brings more success than more movies, smaller budgets. Um, yeah, and I guess because I, I guess at the end of the day, there's only 52 weeks in a year, right? Um, and everybody's got to eat, so they they yeah. kind of you know. Really well, it makes sense from a business point of view. Yeah, you're gonna make one movie that'll pay for like four yeah. other. Shittier movies, <laughs> so, yeah, and take half the time to do, and it's mainly CGI, so you don't even need to pay actors. Mm. You know, you're paying voice actors. Mm. Could be, yeah, it depends what it is. Like all that's why all the animated films do so well. Oh, dude, oh god, don't even get me started. All those films are mental. Like Universal's animation studio, with all that the Despicable Me and the Minions, that kills, oh, makes billions. They're killing it, making billions. And then Did you know it's based off like a really horrific concept though, those minions? No, what's the concept? They were um, children, like prisoners of war, I'm pretty sure. I'm going to find this link. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to find it. They're just yellow things that go, what do you mean? The minions are based on Jewish children adopted by the Nazis. No, they're not. Well, Wait, what website are you getting that information I'm gonna, from? I'm going to send you this link, oh, and Jesus it's on. Um, I just googled it because someone worked told me about this. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's, and the picture does not lie. Like it's not the same, obviously, but it's the helmets that they wear. Mm. Um, and it is a theory because obviously no one's ever going to say, "Yeah, that's what we base them on." <laughs> They'll just instantly lose money. Uh, where are we? Jesus Christ, is that true? So, I don't don't know if it's true. It hasn't been confirmed. Okay. But. I, I find it hard to believe that, that would form the basis yeah, of a kid's film. All right, let's have a look at this link. Tell me what you think. <laughs> let's have a look. It's our Daily Telegraph, so you know it's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where is it? So let me just get this link up. Sorry for all the clicks, everybody, if you can hear those clicks. And sorry about the shitty connection, but this is Australia, and our internet is horrible. Um, yeah. So it never really Should works. The soon. Yeah, the NBN. That's, that's going to save us. The minions are based on Jewish children adopted by the Nazis and used for horrific experiments during the war. And there's a picture of a minion. How, did you, how can I describe it? So a minion, obviously, that yellow thing with the big eyes and the sparse the hair. Dogs. On the left-hand yeah. side, there's little kids who look like to be in like early 19th century diver suits that have like one 
porthole visible. They fundamentally look very similar, but mm. I find that hard to believe. I find I find that to be a very long bow to stretch to connect those two. Is this podcast affiliated with Fox by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it's, it's taken like a real right wing sort of. Oh, gee, yeah, yeah. What a shame Rob's not here to fucking <laughs> rant about some bullshit. Um, yeah, all the, yeah. I don't know about that. But I think that's a, that's a. It's a stretch, but it's like, well, it's a bit of a coincidence. Nah. That's, that's, ah, it's some bullshit clickbait article. I refuse to believe that. Um, all right, cool. So next week, guys, we've got... Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be next week or the week after, but next, uh, basically the next couple of movies that we'll be talking about will be um, War for the Planet of the Apes and Dunkirk, um, both high on my list. And funnily, funnily enough, both on the top 10 or top... 10 most uh, anticipated films of 2017. So we'll try and sort something out, whether we do two in the one episode or maybe two back-to-back. We'll maybe... um, I know Dave's got a juicy... Well, not a juicy, but a a, a story on... Or an experience with... uh, What's that director's name? Shit. Oliver. It starts with an O. Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone. Oh, yeah. He was in Sydney a couple couple months ago, so... Maybe we might do like a war themed episode and just talk about Dunkirk and the war and all that um, World War Two movies. Perhaps I don't Putin? know. Should we talk about Putin? I don't know if we have time. Age, I've got like a lovely little Saturday planned. <laughs> no, um, as always, you can find us on Twitter at fmmrpod. That's at fmmrpod. Um, Really appreciate if we could get some retweets. If we, if we, if we even if we could get a follow or a like, that'd be good. Age, you on Twitter yet? No, sorry, mate. Get That's going to be my thing. I'm just not going to get on Twitter. No, you're going to... Just ask me at the end of every podcast. Oh, my God. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Is Age on Twitter yet? No. Um, and, yeah, if you like, we're happy... If you have any suggestions for us to review, we might actually start to get into some... I was thinking, Age, maybe get into some cult movies and start talking about them. Yeah. Um, yeah, Just with the passing of George Romero and stuff, I was thinking, oh, it would be worthwhile to talk about cult movies that perhaps that you and myself have definitely seen but maybe rob or dave haven't seen and we can maybe you know mm-hmm. have a given given the one two let them know what's up yeah, um can do yeah so it's limitless so many possibilities all right guys <laughs> um that's all we've got time for this week thanks for listening thanks for putting up with a shitty audio quality um that we've that we've become known for uh cheers age until next week bud thanks sam see you